was the news. You are listening to The Breakfast Show. 0491-064-669 is our number to call or text if you have anything to say, any opinion or anything, but particularly as we give you the next quiz for today. What does the breastplate in the armour of God represent? Mm, absolutely. 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text. What is the blessed... The blessed... The blessed plate. No, breastplate. <laughs> the breastplate in the armour of God represent... Oh, that's... Pa- I, I want one of these. You know, I guess... I love that passage, though. I don't know mm. about you, Lawson, mm. but that is one of my favourite passages because I think as Christians... Um, you know, the devil just throws so many darts at us, mm. so many darts. And, you know, when we lived out west with my husband, I used to say to folk, you mm. know, I've got my sword with me. And they're like, what? And I'm just like, yeah, I've got God's word with me. Amen. Oh, man, you're there. You're, you're cladded in the armor of God. And we're asking again, what is the breastplate of righteousness? Oh, hold on. I might have just given the quiz away, <laughs> but you did. You, no, 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 no. I didn't say the whole word, so you didn't hear it. What is the bless? What is it, man? We I are, think I'm going to say, what is the breastplate yes, in the armor of God represent? What does it represent? Hey, 0491-064-669 is the number to text if you know the answer to that one. I am just on fire this morning. I, you know, we, it is a, a cold and wet and rainy Tuesday morning here in Curry Curry, but we are, you know, we're kicking goals. We're getting things done hey text messages that we've got uh from uh, diana she says politicians always mismanage our money nice to see some from new south wales go to the region uh regional areas for a change i feel for her she was used and um yeah i i think with gladys berejikli and and again seeing the outcome of the icac investigation and and what what it has alluded to and whatnot and uh, you know i shared some some thoughts and some some feelings about that we have greg writing in the correct answer and then writing thanks man (laughs) thanks greg (laughs) but uh we uh, but i think we can't what we can learn from that mm. that we covered about gladys is that yeah we can actually be you know tempted to do something small and then Mm. over time that temptation becomes bigger and bigger and um you know what did jesus do when he was tempted he always stood up and just said it is written Mm. and he didn't go there but you know we just need to be careful that's that's i think that that's the 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 moral of the story of this one with 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 Gladys. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, it's I, I think that that's a good point. It's that compromise always. Well, yeah, allowing allowing compromise always leads us down a path in which we cannot control. And sin is not something to be tangled with, but rather something to stand against. And it's unfortunate when we look at our you know political situation here in Australia, and we don't see necessarily that godly influence. But again, as the Bible says, Second Timothy chapter, well, first, sorry, First Timothy chapter two, verse three. Oh, starting in verse one, it says, um, you know, I exhort first of all that all of you pray for mm. all men, for mm. kings and leaders and That's people it. in positions of influence. And then it says, for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. You know, God is wanting us to pray for these people and to pray for these situations because ultimately when it comes when it comes to these powerful men in these high and powerful situations they need christ absolutely christ you know it's it's really encouraging to see and we've talked to voice of the martyrs about this before when we look at a country like china you know we talk about the investigate we talk about the corruption in australian politics but compared to a, a china compared to you know some of these countries um where it's it's widespread and very violent um 
where you know it, this is child's play. You know, h- hundreds of millions of dollars is child's play compared to what's happening in some of those countries. Yet the Christians in China, those who are being persecuted by the government, are praying not for the removal of the CCP or not for the you know the destruction of Xi Jinping, but for his repentance, similarly to a Kim Jong-un, you know, they're praying that their hearts would be touched by the word of the Lord and that they would be able to come to him. And, and so, yeah, as much as I can I can sit here and say, oh, you know, Gladys Berejiklian a bad person because, you know, she's corrupt and oh, the Liberal Party, the Labor Party do all these, make all these mistakes and whatnot. It's like, hey, they need Christ, clearly. And unfortunately, their mistakes are just more publicized than mine. You know, mine go as far as, you know, saying the wrong thing about the quiz or, you know, give away the answer or something like that. But for them, unfortunately, is that, uh, yeah, we know the ins and outs of, unfortunately, their personal lives. And much like Jesus, you know, we need to... Just talk about the behavior rather than the person because Jesus Mm. still loves the sinner. Mm. He dislikes the sin. Mm, Absolutely. Hey, Jerry writes in and says, good morning, cold and wet, but got to go to work to pay some bills, mate. And that's what we're doing. We're here in the breakfast show this morning and, you know, we're glad that you can tune tune into the breakfast show on your way to work and we can see you off into the workplace that you can go and, and, you know, earn some money and do some fantastic work. Enjoy your day, Jerry. Actually, after this, I, I didn't mention this yesterday, but I've been part of a program. It is called uh, Jumpstart. No, not Jumpstart. Youth Rush. And I'm actually working with producer Shell's son, um, Harley, and we're working out in the Raymond Terrace area, essentially distributing Christian literature in the community. And it has been, well, the, yesterday we were doing some training. Today we've got some more training on how we can be effective in that space. And then, you know, over the next couple of weeks going out into the community, And, you know, whether rain, hail or shine, getting out there. In fact, the rain really helps because people feel sorry for you and, you know, sympathetically take... And people are at home. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) That's right. But um, rain, hail or shine, getting out there and trying to meet people with the message of Jesus because we know that his word is what changes the hearts of people. We know that, again, as people, we have have the role to play as the bridge, you know, to get people, you know, that God would use us as ambassadors for him. Mm. But, um, yeah, it's awesome that in so many ways we have the ability to share the gospel and that's what we're going to be doing today that's what i'm going to be doing over the, over the next couple of days and over the next couple of weeks is getting out in the community and and uh and sharing this literature with people and they can be blessed and of course you know Danuta, you're going to be going into your you know work and uh and getting it done ministering to people so praise god praise god yeah. for the work that we have to do god is good and hey, well, let's move now into our study. We we mentioned the, uh, the the breastplate there that comes from the the armor of God. Of course, that is a direct reference to the book of Ephesians. And that is in its last chapter, but we're still dealing here after we've done some historical preamble uh, last week. We're now getting into the the book itself, and we're up to Ephesians chapter one. Mm-hmm. Let's actually let's start from verse one, and maybe read through to verse eight. Ephesians chapter one and verse one. It says, "Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus." 
and faithful in Christ Jesus. Can I just, I'm going to pause mm. already right there. You know, wow. I, like, I like my pauses, don't I? Absolutely. Um, but, you know, we did mention, touch on it briefly last week, but Paul actually intru- introduces himself as the writer of this letter. Yes. But he also says about him being an apostle of Jesus Christ. Yeah. In other words, a follower of Jesus mm. Christ. And therefore, you know, he wants to share that with others. And then... For, going to say yeah i was just going to comment we talked about this section yesterday and saw that it essentially functions as a seal like as an ancient mm. seal and, and monica was talking about you know people still have seals today yeah. in, she i think she's told me that in korea they still seal their letters the seal is like an important part of identifying themselves um but we see here yeah paul an apostle of jesus christ so we have firstly his title mm. or, or his name and then you know his title or his position as an apostle now paul you know, didn't have a country at this time as he's mm. traveling right around the world. But then he identifies with the Ephesian people. So Doesn't he says, he? Yeah. he says, I'm Paul. That's my name. I'm an apostle of Jesus Christ, my title. And to the saints who are in Ephesus, he's writing to mm. a people group to identify himself. And then as he often does in his books, you know, we continue into, it, you know, Verse two, grace and peace to mm. grace to you and peace from the God of our Father and of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then we come to this next section, which again offered or worked as an identifying characteristic of Paul when he would write to people. Um, you know, often just getting straight into a theological, de- you know, deposition of how he understands, you know, God and salvation and Jesus' mm. relationship to that, mm. again, to identify himself as a true apostle of God. A- absolutely, absolutely. And the beautiful thing is in these next verses that we go into from 3 to 14, mm. it actually is a, a Paul's call to worship God. Mm. And he, he unpacks the reasons why we ought to be worshipping God. Mm-hmm. And he says here in verse um uh, three, did you want me to read that yeah, one? Yeah, go for it. Yeah. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Mm. Just as we chose us in him before... Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Having predestined us to adoption You're as sons by Christ Jesus. You're listening to the Breakfast Jesus. Show. Contact us on zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Awesome. Had our station ID cutting in there, but yeah, uh, as we saw in verse five, having predestined us to adoption as uh, sons by Christ Jesus Christ to Himself, according to the good pleasure of His will. And then we come to verse 6, which is where we got up to yesterday, if you can read that for us, Danuta. To the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he made us accepted in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace, mm. which he made to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence. Wow. Go, I oh, no, there's just, there's just there's so, so much in that to, section already, to unpack there? here. I think, well... We spent yesterday getting into and, and diving into this idea with of every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Mm-hmm. And what we essentially identified is that the heavenly places, you know, whether it is heaven or even on this earth, like where God is dwelling in the material world, you could consider the heavenly places, like mm. where where his presence is. Um, and we see that right throughout the book. It's, you know, it... it, it 
makes allusions a number of times to the idea of heavenly yep. places. It's where God comes from. It's where God dwells. It's where Jesus is. It's where sin started. And every spiritual blessing coming from the heavenly places is just a phrase that is really getting to the heart of, hey, God has given you... <laughs> what has God given you? Everything. We wrote, looked at Romans chapter 8 and verse 32 as well, where the Bible says, you know, if he did not spare his own son, but freely delivered him up for us all, how will he not also freely give us all things? And so we see God has delivered and bestowed upon us as you know, his followers, as his children, um, every blessing that we could possibly receive mm. that would enable us to be able to follow him and to be able to be used by him, to, to be able to have a life um, in him. He has given us that, that which is great That's news. it. And the beautiful thing is this, because, you know, the Bible tells us that Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father mm-hmm. you know, in the heavenly places. So that phrase for me even in the heavenly places implies that when I accept Jesus into my life and I have that time with, with him, that by accepting him, it's, it's, it's almost like you can say, I'm sitting next mm. to him in the heavens Wow. Now. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, like, um, I mean, not literally, but in a mm-hmm. sense, literally, in, in, you know, metaphorically, you can probably say. Yeah. And so it's not like he's separated from us. You know, um, Bette Midler used to sing a song, um, from a distance, um, mm. you know, and yet the thing is, God is right with us, mm-hmm. right with us. Mm. And, uh, and you could say this is the, the, in, in, when we look at the Bible, when we look at the biblical narrative, and we see that, yeah, there was some difference in context between, say, the people who follow God of the Old Testament, you know, the, the Israelite nation, and those of the New Testament, we would stand firmly in the camp that God has always saved people by grace. You know, mm. we brought up that word dispensation last week, and we, mm. we, we thought, okay, is, is the idea of dispensation that the Bible is sharing that people have been saved in different ways at different times? And the answer mm. is no. People mm. have always been saved by grace. The Bible is clear that the Lamb, Jesus Christ, was mm. slain from the foundation of of the world mm. um but again that that context looks like for the old testament people god dwelt in the temple and, you know they built god a sanctuary so that god could dwell with them but does that stop god from being the omniscient omnipresent you know all-knowing all everywhere all at once god and i would say absolutely not he has mm. complete power and control over uh, the material mm. world, but the context of where Jesus is dwelling or where God is dwelling in with them or how God is dwelling with them has changed, right, mm. from Old Testament to New Testament because all of a sudden God has become flesh. Jesus well, and the beautiful thing is, is that, you know, salvation in the Old Testament was, you know, so many saw it like, um, you know, the whole word of um, salvation, redemption, you know, meaning being redeemed, mm. bought back by, you know, in a price um, that Jesus paid the price on the cross and forgiveness of sins, all those kind of come in together mm. into a little package, I would, I would say, in that kind of sense. And the thing is that, um, um, you know, um, we're all slaves to sin. Mm. We're we just born into a world where we are naturally sinners mm. because of what happened back at, at in the Garden of Eden, um, you know. And Adam and Eve sinned, and therefore humanity is born into a world of sin naturally. Mm. And so there's 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 what we couldn't say, you know. There's there's sin, but there's also a dark side to sin that that really comes through. And and with Je- Jesus coming into our lives, He brings that light into our lives. And he- you're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different.
we are going to have our final quiz clue. So chapter, well, uh, number five there, quiz number five. Which of the 12 disciples took his wife with him on some missionary journeys? Mm. Wow. Okay. That's an interesting one, isn't it? Some people will say, really? Did they have a wife? Yeah. A couple's treat, a retreat (laughs) into the hotbeds of persecution in the ancient world. Hey, if you know the answer to that one, (laughs) 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text. And our prize for this week, of course, is The Amazing Risen by Clifford Goldstein. So, again, 0491-064-669, which one of the 12 disciples took his wife with him on some missionary journeys? You're listening to The Breakfast Show this morning. Danuna, get back into it. We were reading Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. Yeah, well, read that verse again. I have Mm. been crucified with Christ. Mm. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. Mm. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I love that term, Mm. gave himself, because the thing is Jesus did give himself. It was his free will to do that. He was Mm. not forced by the Father. He was not forced by anyone else. He actually freely wanted to do that so that you and I, so each one of us can be saved. Mm. Um, And some people might say, what does it mean by being crucified with Christ? Well, the thing is, it is about the fact that we, you know, our sins um, through through coming to Jesus, you know, we we have redemption in him and so we have freedom in him, but it came at a price. Mm. And so, you know, it comes at a price for us to go, I don't want to do that sin anymore. Mm-hmm. We need to make that conscious choice as well. And that's why then forgiveness of sins comes in by us coming to Jesus and saying, Lord, forgive me. Mm-hmm. Not just to Jesus, but to those around us that we may have hurt as well. And so mm-hmm. forgiveness. I want to read one more verse because I know you want to jump into another verse too. <laughs> sure. But Galatians chapter 3 and verse 13 mm-hmm. says, Christ has written, and this is also, Galatians is also another book of the Bible written by Paul. Absolutely. And so it says here, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. There's that word redeemed Mm. once again, bought us back, Mm. bought us back. You know, in the Old Testament, that's why some people see um, you know, God is not being such a loving God and that salvation isn't necessarily through through grace, you know, grace through faith, and yet it is. But because in, back then in the Old Testament, it was that, that um, you know, the Israelites and throughout the Old Testament, the people actually had to sacrifice a mm-hmm. lamb that pointed to the Messiah, that pointed to Jesus. And they, they felt, that, and it was very much um, a salvation through the law. But when Jesus came, he fulfilled the law in Matthew says, I did not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill the law and not a dot or tittle would be removed. And so that's the beautiful thing. You know, through Jesus, we are saved. And Mm. uh, I love that. Yeah, Yeah, we find uh, that redemption. And I think that it's interesting here. It also in in verse 5 of Ephesians 1, it says, having predestined us to adoption as the sons by Jesus Mm. Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. And so what we can see here is that God, that redemption comes with some level. As we've been talking about so far, you know, our our proximity to God, the blessings in spiritual places, all of these different things, we now have this this change of relationship towards oh, God, yeah. um, being adopted as his children. Now, 
interestingly, in this passage, it uses the word predestined, which mm. has sparked a number of you know debates over the nature of human free will and God's sovereignty. And I, I've definitely spent some time looking into this. I think as myself, for, for myself and for yourself mm. as well, Danuta, mm. standing very firmly in the Arminian camp in regards to our understanding of standing of free will before God, which is essentially to say, if you've never heard of um, that word before, it means that uh, God has given all people the opportunity to be saved, and it is based on the choice of people mm-hmm. whether they are saved. Now, that being said, that, doesn't, that, that isn't Pelagian, or it isn't... Mm. Uh, this is a word that we brought up last week. It isn't uh, in the camp of, oh, hey, you know, sin doesn't actually affect you, and it's your free will choice to not sin. It's like, no, we are totally and utterly helpless and broken and stuck in sin. As the Bible says in the book of Jeremiah, can an Ethiopian change his skin and can a leopard change his spots? Mm. And the answer is, Absolutely not. No, it's the work of God. But the position that God has put us in is that we get to choose that. Now, it uses the word Mm. predestined here. And it's like, oh, okay, well, then is God choosing then whom he would adopt as his son? Is is that what this verse is getting at? But then you read in other parts of the Bible. Well, well, there are are people who are in that Mm. camp and were in the Calvinist camp who would read this verse and say, oh, yeah, well, this is talking about God. He has chosen Mm -hmm. who is saved and he has chosen who is lost. And, and, you know, we cannot make a choice that is against that plan. You know, he's already kind of bent people's free will. You know, people don't necessarily have free will. Mm. Um, That plan is going to play out as it is. And whether you think you're saved or you think you're lost doesn't really matter because God has already chosen who is saved and who is lost. But it's interesting to note that the... Ah, but but when you actually go to other verses like John 3.16, which is the most common verse, but you've got to add on verse 17 to 4. For for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him... Should not perish, but have everlasting life. In other words, that shows the God of all. Yeah. And then verse seventeen: for He did not send His Son to condemn the world, but mm. that the world through Him might be saved. Yeah. Or a First Timothy chapter two, which I brought up before: God desires all men to be all saved men. and come to an and women, because you know that's yeah, the terminology. Yeah, absolutely. He's just yeah, all <laughs> mankind. You know. Furthermore, uh, when the Bible says, you know, He's not willing that any should perish, any. that but that all should come to repentance, and it's like, oh, is that language limited? to, oh, no, this is just talking about the elect, but for everyone else, no, no, God's already booted them out. And the answer is absolutely not. He's offered this to everyone. And so when we look at this language in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 5, having predestined us Mm. to adoption, and it's like, okay, well, what is the means by which he predestines? Or what is the means by which he calls us to adoption? And the answer is, through the death of Christ. Through like the, the uh, what we've said here, redemption, adoption is only achieved mm. through Christ's death. And that is an event mm. that was going to happen from the beginning of time. As mm-hmm. soon as there was a sinner, there was a savior, there was a plan for salvation. Mm. Jesus Christ was the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. So again, the predestinated idea that's running through here is not one that is, oh, hey, God has chosen who is saved or who is lost, but it's rather God has predestined for Jesus Christ to die on the cross to offer Every, Every single person salvation. That's it. Again, the noun of predestination, the concept of predestination, mm-hmm. you know, an explanation of this is what predestination is, isn't in the Bible. We just see mm-hmm. these words being used of predestined. So there's an assumption there. It's like, what, are, you know, what are we getting out mm-hmm. here? And-, and here's the thing that with that, 
what what we see is that it came at such a massive price. Yes. Ma- it wasn't just a cheap, cheap yeah. off the side sort of thing. It was yeah. at a massive price. And even for Jesus, you know, mm. before he went to the cross, he said, um, you know, Lord, if it, uh, Father, if it be possible, remove this cup from mm. me. Because he was finding mm. the weight of the sin of the world mm. on him. Absolutely. Even though he, he willingly came to die on the cross, but he felt that weight of the sin. Yeah. And so that predestination that God, um, the, the event that God predestined would be Jesus hanging on the cross, offering all salvation. And that the predestination language here is that is essentially alluding to the fact that God counts the costs. And then furthermore, when we read verse 6, to the praise of his glory and his grace by which he made us accepted in the beloved and essentially if there is a savior for sin then there will be people saved Mm. definitely god has predestined that from the beginning you're listening to the breakfast show podcast on faith fm positively different and we have come to the time where we give you guys answers. But I'm thinking, because we had that drop out there and we gave the next question for the quiz. And I don't think many people had the opportunity to get in for that one. So we might give the last question again and, and give people the next segment to be able to get it right before the end of the show. But we'll definitely give them some of the answers before. So we'll start off with what town was Joshua given as his inheritance? Now, we... Both Danuta came to this one and we saw, wow, um, some interesting names here. But people were still able to get it correct. Um, we see Rosh Ha-Ayi, Nabith Haran, Timnath Sarah, or Tel Marashah. Which one of those towns was Joshua given as inheritance? And the answer was Timnath Sarah. Our second one is, who does God call my firstborn higher than the kings of the earth? And yeah. the answer... Was David. Yeah. Again, this one was a little bit subversive. If you had caught this verse, say, in the book of Revelation, then we're definitely talking about Jesus here. But... Again, this this is actually a verse that originally comes from the book of Psalms. Psalm 89, verse 27. And it's all actually talking about David, mm, which is which is. is quite interesting. It's like, my firstborn higher than the kings of the earth. So we can see here, God uses that language of mm. firstborn. And we, we, we were talking about adoption, right, mm-hmm. um, in our Bible study. And that idea of firstborn was also applied to humans because of essentially the sense that, hey, David is, you know, he is a son to me. He is. And so the interesting thing with the firstborn is like David, as as with some others that were classified into those roles, mm. even in the Old Testament, weren't necessarily the firstborn in their lineage. Like, mm. you know, not the first son. Wow. So there's there's a whole story behind that. That's something that can be unpacked yeah. another time. No, but that's actually that's a fantastic point. Yeah, David is not a firstborn mm. in his family, but he was a firstborn to God. And, mm. and you know, I kind of think then... I'm, I'm trying to think, I'm like, is there any time where God would call a human a second born? And then the reality is, you know, something that's often colloquially said in churches is God doesn't have grandchildren. He just has children. We are the, <laughs> but now I'm seeing, I'm like, God doesn't even have second borns. He just has firstborns. <laughs> yeah, it it's a beautiful thing, isn't it? In other words, we're all significant to him. Yeah. Next one is who thought Jesus was a gardener when she saw him after he had risen? Mm. Who thought Jesus was a gardener when she saw him after he had risen is the answer is Mary Magdalene. Mary Magdalene. Mary yeah, Magdalene. of course. She like I'm like, well, why 
why wouldn't you just recognize the guy? But I, you could say he, she would would have been pretty shocked to see him, and and also again, you know, Jesus's appearance could have possibly been different. You know, a lot of people had trouble recognizing him. From I, I tend to fall on the side of like because it probably would have been so painful, you know, and you, you just saw him die, uh, that you you wouldn't just assume that he is there standing in front of you. But uh, but yeah, also well, and the beautiful again, thing is that she recognised him by his voice. Yeah, wow. when he said Mary, mm. interesting, just one word, her name and the voice, mm. um, and that's the that's a real key for us that we ought to recognise God's voice when He's speaking to Absolutely. us. Absolutely, and calls us by name as yeah. well. Um, and then that next question there was, what does the breastplate of the armor of God represent? And I partially gave it away. I said the blessed, <laughs> the blessed plate of right. Gave it, away, but <laughs> I, I, it was the breastplate of righteousness. Again, the armor of God. We're going to be looking at that, but probably, probably it's going to be a while to come in the book of Ephesians before we get there. But hey, that last question and the opportunity that you, we want to give to you guys to still be able to get in for the quiz because we did have that drop out there we know that um yeah there weren't many sites online when we gave that last question was which of the 12 disciples took his wife with him on a missionary on some missionary journeys if you know who that was which of the 12 disciples you know which disciple that was again 0491 is the number to call or text and our prize for this week risen by clifford goldstein an incredible book resource that we can give to you um it's all about it's essentially a symposium on you know the resurrection of christ and and you know what it meant at the time what it means to us now the historical context you know some apologetics in regard to it as well so get those answers in 0491 and we have come to the end of the show we're going to do two things we're going to show you we're going to tell you which disciple um, of the 12 disciples and it was peter now wayne wrote in the seventh disciple with a laughy face and, you know, have a blessed day in Jesus Christ. Amen. But I'm like, is that because he was seventh in the the listing of the disciples? And it depends which gospel you yeah, read. I, Come on, Wayne. Let us know. Is, <laughs> do you know why they would say, is producer Shell shaking her head as well? Uh, no, I haven't heard that before. The seventh Tell disciple. Tell us more, Wayne. Why, justify this answer here because we are hardcore with this quiz and we will kick you out if you want to play games with us. <laughs> I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. Hey, you're listening to The Breakfast Show. And remember today, to talk faith, to live faith and act faith, you'll grow strong in Jesus Christ. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.